It's Wingardium Leviosa, not Wingardium Leviosa. Oh, okay. Welcome to the Discerning Gamer Podcast. Your premium destination for all things gaming culture. We have the latest in gaming news, reviews of the hottest new games, discussion and analysis of the games of yesteryear. When you're short on time and need your gaming fix, look no further than the crew who know their master chief from their master sword. I love Halo. Your hosts, Joel, Simon, Casey, and Ferg. So toss a coin to your Witcher and answer that call of duty. It's time to level up. This is the Discerning Gamer Podcast. Yes, sharpening our unyielding Phoenix Core wands, preparing to carve a relentless Avada Kedavra-fueled path through Hogwarts that would have Lord Voldemort cowering in fear. This is the Discerning Gamer Podcast. Uh, I am your host, Joel JB Fury Beauchene, and with me, as always, we've got the DG crew, starting with the PC gamer, the Sultan of Steam. Excited that the Mandalorian and Lady Mormont are selling a shitload of games for Naughty Dog Studios. It's Fergus Fergamon <laughs> Hamilton. Welcome to the show, Fergus. Oh, JB, how are you, mate? It's oh, great to be here. Fantastic, mate. Absolutely raring to go tonight. Uh, also with us, the gaming chef, the Earl of Emotional Damage. He's angry, he's volunteered as tribute, slaughtered his way to District 1, where he finally plans to confront the evil president, Yves Gilmont. It's Simon Steely <laughs> McLaughlin. Welcome to the show, Steely. Oh my goodness, yeah. As soon as I get to that tower, I tell you, I'm getting out the, the crossbow, the bow and arrow, I'm getting everything, whatever whatever I need to take him down. I'm going to take him down, I'm going to break the game. Um, excellent. <laughs> well, believe it. speaking of getting taken down, uh, the... Uh, the last uh, the last person <laughs> to be introduced the nintendo queen she's living in hope of an announcement of a mike ermentrout simulator starring ashley birch as mike ermentrout it's pistol pete herself casey c mac mclaughlin welcome to the show c mac did you listen to anything i even said last week <laughs> <laughs> absolutely it's my worst nightmare uh well Kicking... This is like the worst game of all time. <laughs> <laughs> the Mike Ermentrout simulator. Yeah. Uh, doing the voice for him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how would that sound, Simon? How would how would it sound? Instead... Ashley Birch okay. as Mike okay, Ermentrout. So instead of it being like, you know, Saul, you gotta do this. It would be more like, you gotta do this, and if you don't, I'm gonna be real mad. Wow, well, that was either Ashley uh, Birch or Michael Jackson, uh, yeah, apparently. That's it. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah both. well done. Um, it was Ashley Birch playing Michael Jackson playing Mike Ermentrout. Oh, it was just oh. a four and one yeah. veritable. Uh, a Christopher Walken uh, playing Mike Ermentrout. Oh, okay, no. yeah. go on. Here we go. Go on. Give it to us. What a white stub doing that stuff, uh, a Gus. It's gonna be bad. I know from experience. <laughs> I woke up. I found it. That's all I know. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Look, here's what's gonna happen, right? No, don't, 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 
fuck is that now? Oh, shades yeah. of Borat in that. Love it. Yeah. Love it. It's Friday, baby. Fuck. Yeah. It's the weekend, baby. Fuck. Yeah. Friday, baby. Fuck. Fuck. The weekend, baby. Fuck. Okay. Well, the uh, kick, to kick things off for this week, uh, the first lot of news uh, comes from Cat Bailey at IGN, and oh, it's Kat. about um, a secret single-player Titanfall game that's been reportedly cancelled by uh, our our good friends at uh, EA Games. So, uh, as we know, EA Games fuck up everything. Uh, Electronic Arts is currently in the midst of a slew of cancellations and closures, the latest being a previously unknown project codenamed TFL or Titanfall Legends, a secret single-player game set in the Titanfall and Apex Legends universe. The news was first reported by Bloomberg. Now, not much is known about Titanfall Legends, save that it was reportedly directed by Muhammad Alavi, who served as a designer on the Titanfall games, among other projects. Alavi departed EA early last year. The cancellation coincides with the closure of the mobile versions of Apex Legends and Battlefield, as well as the shuttering of industrial toys. According to Bloomberg, roughly 50 developers were affected by the Titanfall Legends cancellation. EA will reportedly try to place them in other positions within the company. Titanfall's last solo outing was in 2016. It initially sold poorly, but subsequently gained a following thanks to its superb single-player shooter design. Um, now, did you? Did anyone apart from myself on the Descending Gamer ever play Titanfall? I I played Titanfall for about I can't I'm, I was racking my brain when you said you're going to talk about this story because I remember vaguely playing it I don't think I ever owned it but I think I might have got my hands on a demo or something like that and I thought it was fantastic but what I also remember about the launch of Titanfall two is it came out at the worst time it came like from memory it came out like the same day or the same week of like Battlefield one and there was another game which escapes me but. When that game launched, it was surrounded by all these massive games. And so it barely had any eyes on it, which, as you alluded to, is why it didn't sell very well. But um, going back, looking at reviews and how people speak about that that game and that franchise these days, it was a fantastic game. But, yeah, some bad, bad release window issues meant that it sort of flew off most people's radars. So I remember playing a little bit, but I don't think I ever played the full game or I didn't play it enough to know heaps about it. Well, for for anyone um, out there who hasn't played Titanfall, uh, I downloaded it last year and played through it because uh, it was recommended to me as an amazing first-person shooter uh, that had some of the smoothest mechanics that you, you'll find in a first-person shooter title. And so I downloaded it, and the premise of the game is um, it's set... Uh, it's a science fiction sort of theme. It's set in the future. Um, it's sort of a world where these large mech-like uh, tanks exist where, you know, people can get inside them and pilot them, but they've also got artificial intelligence so they can actually run themselves as well. So you start off as a pilot trying to learn how to control one of these titans and uh, basically you go on a mission with uh, your instructor he gets uh, killed 
in the line of duty and his Titan uh, sort of gets disabled and, and you bring it back online and you become its new pilot. And basically the game, as you progress through certain parts of the mission you complete while you're in the Titan, um, I think the Titan's name was BT or something. Like um, it, it actually had quite its own, like a significant sort of personality all of its mm. own. And much like in Terminator 2 where uh, sort of John Connor's trying to teach the, the T-800, you know, mm. Uh, the the nuances of being human you, you're sort of teaching this titan about you know being human and all of that and he's sort of like you know learning and and getting better and so you complete certain elements of the mission inside the titan and piloting the titan directly and you've got just like these massively overpowered weapons so when you're fighting other titans you it's pretty balanced but when you're just gunning down humans with like a 200 millimeter cannon and just <laughs> you're just fucking absolutely spraying them with bullets and obliterating them, it's quite quite fun. Um, and then like at certain points in the game, like you get to a point and you just can't get through as when yeah. you're in the Titan because it's too big. So you jump out and you go on foot, and the Titan then sort of goes off on its own path and finds its other find itself a way around and. It was it was a really really amazing game, really mm. good game, and an absolutely solid first person shooter. If you're a fan of that that genre, um, I can't recommend Titanfall enough. Um, so it's pretty sad that um, a sequel to Titanfall Two is has been cancelled because it is an amazing franchise. Um, so if you haven't played it, get out there. Buy Titanfall, give it a go. Can't um, give it a go. Yeah. You fucking love it. I think on uh, Steam, I think it was last, maybe ending a couple of weeks ago, it was on sale for like three bucks. So you can get this game I mean, on, on sale at PC if you just stick out um, some of the sales. You'll be able to pick it up real cheap. But just fact-checking what I said before. So Titanfall 2 was released on October the 28th, 2016. And the date fell right between the releases of EA's Battlefield 1 on October the 21st and Activision's Call of Duty Infinite Warfare on November the 4th. So it was sandwiched by obviously two of the biggest first-person shooter franchises um, in existence, which has yeah, only hurt the sales and the popularity of the game. But hmm. Well, I think we've gotten to the bottom of uh, why Titanfall 2 didn't do very well. So... <laughs> Um, Steely, uh, have you ever you ever jumped on board with Titanfall, mate? No, I've only ever heard good things about Titanfall, and I've always kind of wanted to give it a go, but I never have. And look, um, you know what? It is really sad that when considering it is a good franchise, and again, I've only ever heard good things about it, that we're not going to get a third instalment. But I feel like that when it does come back inevitably one day, if it does get picked up, at some point that it'll probably be, um, you know, I think it'll be worth the wait for people. So hopefully it's just one of those things that you can sit tight on and um, yeah, it will be good for people in the future when, when it comes along. And uh, $3 on steam. So um, potentially three hours of fun uh, to be had there. Do you think Ferg? Yeah, well, I didn't buy it. So obviously, yeah, crunching the numbers, it was, no, I don't know. I should have just pulled the trigger and bought it. I remember seeing it being like, that's the cheapest I've ever seen any kind of big release game on sale. But um, yeah, maybe I'll hang tight and next time it comes around. 
Well, can confirm uh, had at least three hours worth of fun. So good fun uh, as well. Definitely uh, fits the bill for for your criteria. Mm-hmm. Um, also from Cat Bailey at IGN, uh, we we heard this week Star Wars Jedi Survivor release date has been delayed six weeks now. Respawn's sequel has been delayed out of this fiscal year and will now release in April. Star Wars Jedi Survivor is being delayed um, and will release on April 28th, approximately six weeks after its original date. In a statement posted on social media, director Stig Asmussen uh, addressed the reasoning behind the delay, saying the team is focused on polishing the final release while enhancing performance. So... Really, in my opinion, a breath of fresh air hearing that sort of thing from a studio that aren't just going to smash the game out and then patch everything um, after the fact. They're actually uh, going to focus on uh, polishing it and getting it right. Um, I'm assuming that it's not just polishing the visuals, but also debugging and and, uh, playtesting and that sort of thing. Um, so for the last three years, the Jedi team at Respawn has poured its collective heart and soul into Star Wars Jedi Survivor, and they're proud to say that the next chapter in the tale of Cal Kestis is content oh, is content complete. Uh, mm-hmm. So they're now focused entirely on the final stage, bug fixes to enhance performance, stability, polish, and most importantly, the player experience. Um so Jedi Survivor is a direct response to the feedback from the community, delivering expansive destinations to explore, evolved combat and traversal, and of course the continuation of Cal and BD's story. Um, so they're they're really pumping the the tires of this this game, um, saying that they want it to be just amazing to play and and good fun and a a really good Star Wars story and. Uh, I must admit, I I did over the Christmas break go back and play through um, uh, Jedi Fallen Order uh, at the uh, suggestion of uh, my good friend uh, Mark Henderson. Uh, Hendo, if you're listening, uh, thanks very much for that. Uh, you were right. Hendo! It, it was a bloody good playthrough. And, uh, yeah, the further I got through the game, the more I started really, really bloody enjoying that. So, uh, yeah, bloody... Bring on Jedi Survivor. I've seen the trailers. It looks pretty amazing. Mm. There's, uh, they seem to have expanded quite significantly on the uh, the powers, the Force powers and all that sort of thing, you know, that uh, they had in, in Fallen Order. So, um, yeah, I reckon should I'm... Should be a ripper. Yeah, it should be an absolute pisser, that one. Um, so, uh, what do you reckon? Mm. What do you reckon, team? Are we uh, going to be picking up Jedi Survivor? On release date, I've, day one. Again, JB, another one of those games. I've got the first one in my Steam library. Haven't played it. So I better get around and playing that. That's on my to-do list to play. But um, yeah, definitely looks like it's going to be more of the same. And the first game was got amazing reviews. So I wouldn't expect it to be any anything different. But six, a six weeks delay, that, that's a good kind of delay. You know, yeah. six a six weeks delay means the game's as good as done and we're just polishing it anything more than that and you start getting a bit worried about oh, three months delays there's fundamentally things well, what about broken, if you delay uh, it three times yeah well <laughs> yeah or you're in a skull and bone situation so i'm, I'm glad that they're yeah. taking the time six weeks to just polish it and just make sure they're going to put their best foot forward so that's good news similar right. to um last of us part one was delayed for pc this week as well 
that's yeah. been pushed back three weeks, and that'd be for the same similar reasons. Obviously, The Last of Us is in the spotlight at the moment, so they're obviously don't want to drop the ball, drop the bundle with their PC um, remaster release. But again, it's the same thing. They're just taking the necessary time to really polish it up and getting it all nice and shiny for, for release. Absolutely. And uh, mm. what about at the McLaughlin household now? Bear in mind, uh, no no threatening here, but uh, <laughs> I have got a lit lightsaber pointed directly at your uh, throat. So will you be oh, buying Jedi Survivor <laughs> day one? I uh, won't be buying it day one. Oh, well. A for, a- <laughs> <laughs> um, for a couple of reasons. Casey doesn't like Star Wars at one iota, so... Okay, well... Uh... Um, but, however, uh, I did... Sl- I, I don't like it. I just don't You've never seen it. it. Wasn't that the thing, it. C-Mac? You haven't yeah. got around to watching them yet? Uh... I but any time I mention it, she's like... Mm. I find so... your lack of faith disturbing. <laughs> yes. Uh, sorry, C-Mac. <laughs> Anywho, not, um, not look, I um I played this for for a brief moment uh the other night because it's free at the moment on uh, PlayStation Plus for everyone playing at home. I think I don't know if it's the deluxe tier if it's free or whatever. But um I I I picked it up and had a play because I wanted to see what you were complaining about when you were complaining about it last time, JB. Until you've changed your tune now, you've gone back and had a good time with it. And um, but I I was really quite impressed by it. I thought it was incredibly smooth visuals. I, I was like, wow, how long is this game? Like I don't even, I can't even remember how long it's been out. It's been out for a while. Looks really good. Mm. And um, I was really impressed with the way that they developed the Jedi gameplay. Like being able to deflect bullets and into stormtroopers is so fun um and you know what it kind of reminds me of and tell if if you have played uncharted you understand this it gives me like uncharted in space vibes because there's some action sequence that just kind of happen that are really full on you're jumping from this to this this breaks and then you gotta go over here you're on a train you go and you're doing this you're doing that and i was like oh wow this is actually really fun um but i really need to kind of maybe take the time to sit down and enjoy it because I think it would be a really good um really good game and a good part of the Star Wars universe to get into. So yeah, that's mm-hmm. my yeah. hot take on it. Yeah. I I second your Uncharted in Space um comment there, Simo. I definitely mm. um think yeah, I can see that. I guess the the thing that I didn't like about it was the the parrying system. I found it really frustrating. Um trying to time parries so perfectly that you could deflect, you know, and here you are a Jedi and you're just getting, uh, you know, smashed by these stormtroopers with these sort of uh, sticks with a bit of electricity at the end and stuff like that. And I, I just found that really frustrating, I guess. But, um, yeah. but you know, I just dropped the difficulty level down and then it, it opens up that parrying window a bit more and makes it a mm. bit easier to, to do. So, um but you know, I I think the story was really good, and uh, certainly the like the boss battles and stuff like that were were done really well. Um, got a little bit, it was a bit like samey, like like Avengers style, uh, when you you sort of go and mow through a bunch of stormtroopers, and then you turn the corner, and then there's another bunch of stormtroopers you got to mow through to get to the next bit, and you know. Similar to like the the um, you know Crystal Dynamics Avengers title, there was a lot of that sort of um, feeling of that game as well, where you just sort of 
just grinding your way through through enemies one after the other yeah. um, with with not a lot of <clears throat> variation in between. Um, mm. And the other thing that I, I didn't like about it and I didn't really understand why they did it was you got to these points that were like a like a meditation point where you could go in there and you could level up, like pick your new skills and all that. Um, and you could choose to rest and recover your health and, and your little stim canisters. Uh, but then it respawns every enemy in the level when you do it. And I'm like, well, that's oh, fucked. Oh, wow. That's, uh... That instantly <laughs> makes me angry. So you've just killed all these fucking things and, and you, you've, you've barely got any health left. And you're like, oh, I better go and regen my health. You do it, and you all the fucking enemies are back again. It's like <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah, that it's interesting, Steely. I, I was just going to say that mechanic is um, borrowed in Elden Ring. It's exactly the same. You, all the enemies come back once you rest, and the resting points are used for, um, I think, yeah, leveling up, changing your, you know, your loadouts and stuff <laughs> like that. But respectfully, respectfully. <laughs> Fuck that. That's dumb. Yeah. Well, that's like fucking Ocarina of Time. Walk in one room, walk into the other one, and they're all back. Just like, yeah. oh, we were just sleeping. Fucking you, fucking you, fucking you, fucking you, bloody you, bloody you, bloody you, you, fuck you, fuck you, bloody fuck you, bloody fucking mother, bloody fuck bitch. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. What I was going to say, Steely, because um, this Star Wars game, I remember chatting to my brother. He loved it, put, really loved this game, and he said, Go, this was before I started playing Elden Ring. You said, look, if you wanted to get a taster of similar to what the FromSoft games are, there's a lot of comparisons between this Star Wars game and Elden Ring as far as the combat and stuff like that. So it was interesting hearing you saying that you were enjoying it, Steely, because I was going to say, well, maybe Elden Ring might be up your alley as well. But again, if you don't like the uh, the mechanic of resting and bringing everyone back, then maybe not. Oh, mm. I just, it up his alley, you too... say. Up his alley. Nice. No, I'm <laughs> early 2000s for me. Yeah. Up my alley, yep. Yeah. Um, but, you know, <laughs> I keep thinking, the mo- I just think one day I just need to play Elden Ring. Just to people know, shut up. Just so people stop fucking telling me to play it. You know? <laughs> yeah. But I, I'm not going to buy it. Like, uh, somebody's got to lend it to me. Yeah, well, I've got a copy, so, which anybody... I got from JB, which oh. you can have a crack at if you so wish to. You know, I'll give it long enough it'll be in the fucking bargain bin. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, well, it's it's a bit sad that I'm the one. Emotional First damage. One. It's not it Simon. You've gone tonight, to 15 but, minutes. Hey, I'm feeling positive as to yeah. guys, you know, like so many positive vibes. I'm just like, mm, you know. Yeah. yeah. Just, mm, it's great. Positive. Yeah, you just like. Sweet Jesus. Yeah, just <laughs> holding on to my sass. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, uh, moving on from uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor. <laughs> making that so awkward. Um, <laughs> let's, let's throw over to you, Ferg, uh, for some news coming out of Sony HQ. Some news out of Sony. Stop Here Sony. we go. <clears throat> you may or may not have seen this during the week, but Sony is ending the PlayStation Plus collection in May. Now, pop quiz before we get going. Does oh. that, do you guys remember what this whole Sony collection thing was all about? So, yep. yeah, it was basically you remember? just a, yep. a series of games, like big hits of theirs, like Uncharted 4 and God of War 2018 and stuff like that. And if you were, subscri- if you were a subscriber to PlayStation Plus, you could just 
yeah. get any of those games for free. That's it. And they yeah. were always there stuff. month to month, basically. Pretty much. It was sort of a, an incentive for, I suppose, selling PlayStation 5s on launch. You know, start your PlayStation 5 journey off with a back, back catalogue of all of our sort of best PS4 games. Um, and yeah, and that was the intention. And, and obviously now for, I'm assuming, a myriad of different reasons with their new you know, PlayStation Plus subscription tier and um, those services, as well as the fact that you can actually get PlayStation 5s readily now is probably a good reason why they're canning it. So anyway, referring to an article from Press Start, um, PlayStation have made the official announcement of the PlayStation Plus Essentials lineup for Feb- February, confirming what games subscribers... Oh my gosh, that's a mouthful. Confirming what game subscribers to the entry level tier will be able to claim and download for the month. So, in that same blog post, and I've already forgotten what those games are. I think they are for next month. Can't remember. But anyway, in the same blog post, um, they made that making that announcement. The company also quietly spelled the end of PlayStation Plus collection. A perk introduced to subscribers at the launch of the PS5 to help build out an instant library of back catalogs classics on their new console. Uh, the PS Plus collection originally contained around 20 games that could be downloaded and played as long as any form of PS Plus subscription remained active, much like the monthly game users monthly game users get now. Presumably due to the introduction of the extras and deluxe tiers with the hundreds of games included and a much bigger library available on the PS5 since launch, Sony has made the decision to axe the collection altogether on May 9th. So basically in a nutshell, it means that everyone's got until May the 9th to download these titles. And if you don't, you're basically running the risk that you won't get access to them depending on what tier of PlayStation Plus you have. So um, just as a reminder, the PlayStation Plus collection games that are available includes Batman Arkham Knight, Battlefield 1, Bloodborne, Call of Duty Black Ops 3, Crash Bandicoot, Insane Trilogy, Days Gone, Detroit Becomes Human, Fallout 4, uh, Final Fantasy 4.15, is that, if my Roman news are correct? God of War, Infamous Second Son, Monster Hunter World, Mortal Kombat 10, Ratchet & Clank, Resident Evil 7, Biohazard, The Last Guardian, The Last of Us Remastered, Uncharted 4, A Thief's End, and Until Dawn. So I did a little bit of a research, and of the games on the list, The Last of Us Remastered is the only one which is um, hidden away in the deluxe tier. So if you don't claim that game before May the 9th and you have, say, the extra tier or you're just running the essentials, that game won't be available Outside of The Last of Us Remastered, all those other games are housed within the extra tier. So if you've got that level of subscription with Sony, you'll get access to all those games still. Um, so it's it's basically, I don't know, if you're someone who's only going to be running the Essentials tier or maybe the extra tier and you want Last of Us Remastered in your collection, go and download them all now or download them before May 9th if you want to have them in your collection. Oh, fantastic. Mm. Well, there are some absolute bloody crackers of a game uh, in that collection, so uh, it's worth uh, <clears throat> setting aside a few minutes to add a few of those into your library. Yeah, for sure. And, yeah, I mean, it's worth noting that if you, for whatever reason, go back to the Essentials tier, which is basically gets you online and access to the monthly games. It's, as long, it's the poppy yeah. pack. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> You've still, you can still play all these games. So as long as you've got a subscription, you'll have access to all of these games provided yeah. you um, 
add them to your library prior to May 9th. So fantastic. Well, thank you very much uh, for the heads up on that one, Ferg. Um, I mean, yeah, you don't want to be uh, that one person uh, hearing the uh, the Wii U horn in your head, uh, <laughs> wondering what you bloody did wrong. Uh, the, the Wii U horn. Um, it's it's uh, for fuck's sake. It's on the same carriage with the horses. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Technical difficulties. The fucking. Fucking hell! It was buffering on a Wii U. I think uh, <laughs> uh, that one. Take up fucking tuba lessons in order for us to get that one across the line this week. Tuba lessons. Oh, oh my goodness! The, <laughs> my the little hamster in the wheel that powers the Discerning Gamer podcast had fallen asleep, so uh, we just had to give him a little nudge. Um, all right, thanks, Ferg. Um, now we'll throw over to Simo uh, Steely. What do you got? Um, some some news about. Uh, the uh, uh, one of the biggest gaming ex- expositions in the expositions yes. exhibitions in Expedition. the, in the world. <laughs> take yes. it off. Take Have it you away. seen this? Have you heard about this? <laughs> E3. <laughs> wow, it's going to be a staunch show this year, everyone. E3 is looking massive. It's going to have fucking Square Enix is going to be there. Ubisoft is going to be there. Fucking. That's pretty much it. Oh, so, dear. Uh, E3, what are you so, doing? Fucking E3's hell. fucking fucked everyone. So basically, <laughs> like, Sony's not going to be there. Microsoft is not going to be there. And Nintendo's not going to be there, everyone. So E3 is looking very, very, very sad this year mm. after everyone was getting extremely excited about its return. Um, so it looks like that, um, uh, you know, we're going to basically have a show that consists of um, probably a, a whole bunch of cinematic trailers for Skull and Bones and then <laughs> fucking Ubisoft's roadmap for Rayman over the next 27 years. And then we're going to get some, we're going to get Square Enix. They're going to come out with Final Fantasy 67, and and Crystal Dynamics will be there. Just and it's just going to be them on stage crying over the fact that their Avengers game sucked big balls and is dead. And then um and then we can all just I don't know maybe Jeff Keighley will come in just for fun. He would walk away from the Summer of the Games Fest, which is dumb, and he would, he'll come in and be like, he would say something silly on stage. And then that's going to be the show, um, well, pretty much. So emotional damage. There was just so uh, much uh, getting fired out. I, I could I could only sum it sum it up with one, up. one uh, at the end there, mate. You don't have that. You don't have the emotional damage song queued up. I'm guessing so. But mm. well, the, the old faithful. Or do oh, I? Oh, we haven't heard that one for a while. Oh. Or do <laughs> I? I? It's better than the actual song. Uh, <laughs> oh, fucking hell. That almost uh, needs another uh... emotional damage. <laughs> anyway. Oh, wow. Um, all right. If you close anyway, um, but here's here's something interesting to come out about this. Uh, not not necessarily about um, Sony and Microsoft not being there. Well, here's the thing: Microsoft's not going to be there because Microsoft has a arena next door to E3, the Microsoft 
whatever it is, the Microsoft Arena or whatever, whatever it is, it's a place. They've got a place. So why would they pay for floor space to be in E3? It just doesn't make any sense. Fair, fair enough. What have they okay? done previously? Just they've said that they're not going to be there, but they are going to be there, kind of. So it's it's weird. Sony wasn't there last year. Um, I think Sony's just like, fuck it. Nintendo does Nintendo Directs. We'll do the same thing at E3, but we just won't be there. Who mm. cares? Well, Sony and does state well, of play. Nintendo- that's, that's like a Nintendo Direct, isn't it? Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, like you know, they're just—it's going a lot more digital. And but this is this is the bit that I find a little bit interesting. Nintendo has said in an article, an article they've actually come out and said this to someone Mm. that the reason why they haven't bought floor space at E3 is because they do not have enough to show. So Nintendo said, "Wow, that's what they said." Mm. Um, and look. I think this is because. <laughs> Don't quote me on this, everyone, because I'm not an industry insider, despite the fact that I got a, c- a couple of things right in the past. Um, like Eve Gilmont is Eve Gilmont is the devil. I got that right. Um, but <laughs> fucking hell! Hang on. <laughs> anyway, wow, nice splatter. Um, but look, I think that the switch is winding down for the next thing obviously i mean we know that the next thing might be coming next year but i think this is a definite you know wind down i think the last Uh. big game that nintendo's got for the switch as a as a switch exclusive will be um legend of zelda tears of the kingdom and um that's that's the word on the street at the moment I heard it from old Jim Bob down the road. Um, mm. So uh, Jim Bob, uh, he's a good mate of mine. Uh, not quite as good a mate as Hendo, but that's all right. Uh, <laughs> um, so all I'm trying to say is um, I've just got a sore shoulder and that made me make the noise of a thwomp. Um, look, E3, what a, what a pisser. Uh, look, it's you know what? E3 might not be completely mm. dead. They might come back next year and and people might have something to show but i don't know it kind of feels like that and you know what i'm going to put this back to nintendo the catalyst of this because all the way back when nintendo stopped having a stage at e3 and started doing things digitally and then holding treehouse events at e3 i think has been a slow trickling towards um e3 becoming more of a you know or, or maybe more of the companies wanting to go down the digital route and mm. and maybe save a bit of money in the middle of the year. But it is sad. It is a little bit sad. <clears throat> I always get excited for E3. It always disappoints me, but I think that's a part of it. You know, <laughs> it's it's like, and not that I've ever done this, but it's like, you know, paying for sex. Mm. What? <laughs> Beg your pardon? <laughs> not enough gold. <laughs> Because what? <laughs> this is disappointing. It's <laughs> not real. Uh, so, you get you get I hyped see. up. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna do it, and then nothing happens. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I that never happened in my life, so I wouldn't even know how to comment on that. But mm. having said that, I just wanted to come up with an analogy. I love analogies, and I failed. So. No, I think yeah, I thought it was best, all right, Steely. Not the best analogy I've ever come up with. Uh, it was probably not your best, but it was all right. We, we got the idea. Do we think, I mean, is this COVID just takes another victim? You know, COVID pretty much derailed E3 
um, for what two years I think they didn't have it, and in the meantime, everyone sort of worked out how to do their their own thing. So, do we think this is going to be the death of E3, or do you think they're going to push on as a yeah. as a smaller event, or what do we reckon? Well, because I, I, I don't think it's been confirmed, yeah. has it? I mean, I th- I think E3's fucked. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's dying yeah. a slow death. Everyone's content to do their own thing now. There's no need for everybody to all get together under one mm. roof and you know, compete with one another. Um, Microsoft, Sony, Nintendo, they all know that if they put out one of these game showcases um, on a, a date that's convenient for them, they're not having to compete with Microsoft. They're not having to p- compete with Sony. Mm. They're, they're playing on their own terms um, and basically they're, they're putting on an event that's all about them on that day and it's highly unlikely that more than one um, sort of video game studio or or one of the big sort of video game companies are going to do it on the same day, um, you know. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 all pretty interesting. I um, during the week, I actually got uh, contacted by uh, the corporate mm. affairs team at uh, at Ubisoft, who are confirmed to be uh, attending the uh, the E three expo, and uh, they just wanted to share with the discerning gamer just just a little sneak peek of their their opening presentation at this year's E3. So uh, without further ado, um, here is that uh, that opening presentation. Anytime. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yep, he, well, here it comes. Uh, no, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, it's just buffering. <laughs> Fuck me. <it's> really- <laughs> Wake up. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> I just pissed the bed. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it better. Uh, it was nice. <laughs> Fucking no. Um, I thought the ga- I thought the silence was the gag, JB. No, I liked the silence. No, <laughs> no, it's. Uh, <laughs> there's, no. something, is there something wrong with your internet here tonight, no, uh, Fergus? Uh, it just ain't uh, playing ball. I need to pull the, uh, the the tin and the wire a bit tighter. Yeah. All bit right. of slack in between. I'm just sit on bloody the phone well, to so, iNet for 23 years. So JB's called it. Service representative. He thinks E3's dead. What do you reckon, C-Mac and Steely? E3? Or do we think it's going to be dead? Oh, yeah, dead? definitely. It's not yeah. going to go ahead. Look, I've I've said this for a couple of years now. I, I'd much, I'd, I think E3 should be an event where uh, if it is going to be something that can continue and be digital only... It would be amazing if it was just everyone gets their shit together, puts out digital showcases, but and then what would be great to make it world inclusive is that all the demos that people are playing usually on the game floors that costs everyone lots and lots of money all the time, imagine if for a week those demos were available during E3 and you could play them on your game systems for upcoming games for a very limited amount of time. That mm. would be the absolute greatest. Thank you very much. I will take money. That's a good idea. Mm. That'd be cool. Epic. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. Not going to happen, but I, I think <laughs> I think it would be amazing uh, if uh, if it did. Let me down easy, JB. Oh, right. Well, sorry. Uh, you know, here at the Discerning Gamer, the we bed. we prefer to uh, monster kill. Uh, right, so fucking E3, uh, it's fucked. 
Um, <laughs> that'll, that'll do. Uh, Casey, what have you got for us? Uh, what have you got for us? Yes, as we all know, I don't know what I was going to say. That Hogwarts Legacy that we're all excited Ooh, about hang, hang is on. coming oh. out this Friday. No? Oh. That's better. There it's we a go. lot faster than a lot of the other sound effects tonight. I love that. <laughs> it kind of it kind of works though because it's very mysterious and sort of Imagine. comes in slowly. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So Hogwarts Legacy coming out this Friday, everyone. So excited. Shit the bed. Yeah. Mm. Shit that bed. So <laughs> I have read on press start this morning that though even though it is coming out as official release date this Friday the. 10th of February, players can get early access on the 7th of February. So that will be Wednesday. Is that right? I don't know Tuesday, the days Tuesday. anymore. <clears throat> that would be Tuesday. Tuesday. Oh, my goodness. Even early. Tuesday, the 7th of February with the physical and digital deluxe edition. So it says the earliest way to play. Oh, no, sorry, with the digital deluxe edition. Um, which will unlock at midnight on Tuesday, February 7th in your local time. So technically those in Melbourne and Sydney will get it sort of first, but, you know, what, half an hour or so. But, yeah, um, yeah so as soon as the clock strikes midnight, you have access to play Hogwarts Legacy on Tuesday. So um, where am I reading this here? You can actually download, what do you call it? The stuff beforehand. Yeah, preload. Yeah, preload. Fuck sake, Casey. Casey. What was that? Uh, you know, it's just a little cadabridge. Little one of these. I need one of those right now. The old, <laughs> sorry, uh, everyone. Unforgivable I'm, I'm, curse. I'm, yes. Sorry. Oh, I'll tell you what. It's unforgivable. I can't talk tonight. But no, yes. I, I, it's not a huge story, but I thought that was pretty cool. So those of you, who, who's going to, who would cancel their pre-order to go do this? Anyone in the, the group? Yeah, well, I've pre-ordered the, whatever the deluxe edition is. So Ooh, I'll be, yeah. yeah. Fucking hell. What about you, JB? <laughs> Well, uh, we've pre-ordered through JB Hi-Fi, so I'm going for the uh, the physical uh, copy. And, uh, yeah, got an email notification the other day that it will be ready to pick up um, Tuesday. Tuesday the 7th. So, um, yeah. Um, fucking pardon me now. <laughs> I got an email saying I can go in on the 7th and pick up the physical copy from JB Hi-Fi. Mm. Well, this is bullshit. Why can't we do that? Well, did you? I've, okay, so we've the... pre-ordered this at um, EB. at EB Games now. A deluxe. Well, you what? know what they this say about EB Games. EB Games fuck up everything. EB yeah. Games is it? Is <laughs> it the digi- company, is the sorry. deluxe edition you have pre-ordered, Joel? I don't yeah. know because I yeah, didn't order be. it. It was. Well, uh, it must, be. It must it was be my lovely wife that ordered it on my behalf. So uh, she may have gone the deluxe. Uh, I'm, well, I'm I'll guessing be that's why. Pretty bloody yeah, excited if she say, has, but uh, yeah. Yeah, because it's saying. Oh, yeah, yeah, deluxe edition available 7th of February. I don't know what I've pre ordered. I'm going to check that. Can we check it? I'm going to check it. I, anyway, I pre ordered it at EB now. Games. Might. Yeah. I mean, I'll be going in on Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, check that out because uh, if you have ordered the deluxe version, uh, as I'm hearing now, 
uh, you should be right to go in and pick it up. And I've certainly got a few Harry Potter crazed children and uh, myself uh, who cannot wait to uh, give it the old... Uh, uh... <laughs> Do we th- it sounds like JB is going to be a bit of a, a dark wizard. He's... Well, I, I know that uh, my, my lovely daughter Georgia is going to play through the game as a, a Gryffindor prefect uh, doing course. doing everything, uh, you know, by the book as, as her... Her personal hero, Hermione Granger, would would do. Uh, I'm I'm planning to go the other route and uh, uh, get myself uh, admission into Slytherin House and uh, uh, yeah, just go go crazy um, with the the unforgivables. <laughs> just fucking smash everyone. I yeah. only pre-ordered the uh, normal version of this, so nice. this Can is we... a this is a load of fucking hogwash. <laughs> well. Simon, there's only one thing I can give to you, mate, and that's uh, the, yeah. the sad trombone. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so I'm going to have to go and maybe change my order to a Can we do that on Monday, edition. one day before, if you think? Oh, why not? I'm going to say, hey, can I change that to a digital, no, not a digital, a deluxe edition? Well, I'm looking here I now, and apparently like digital, um, uh, Big W's got it for deluxe edition. So, and it's, yeah, so you can go get a Big W. Mm. What a seventh. fucking, what an absolute rort. Yeah, well, anyway. fucking the non-deluxe edition. So... Cause so much stress with my with my really happy story. Yeah, well, the ball's hard. Yeah. Here's me thinking, yep, yeah, day one, I'm there. And now I'm going to be day three. If, 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 if yeah, I'm just going to this is not good. I thought it was for people that wanted to be all fancy pants and have their digital deluxe edition, but it's just the deluxe edition all around. Mm. Um, yeah, well, fucking get oh, the shit. get the deluxe edition up <laughs> your dick um, and uh, put it get in up. there like a bloody like an old Kathy. Yeah, and oh uh, get on get on the bloody train a couple of days early. Yeah. Um. So yeah, have fuck. we all have we all decided on our wizarding names? You can't be Joel Beauchene. That's not a wizard's name, Joel. You can't be. Oh, Fer- well, you can't be. What are you going to be? Neither is Harry. It's a little bit hurtful, Ferg. But <laughs> you know what I mean. That doesn't. I'm going to be uh, Fungus Hergleton. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, uh, that's uh, yeah. That checks out uh, yeah. as a as a sufficiently wizarding name. Yeah. I, I mean, that... I don't think Harry Potter is particularly wizarding name, but. Uh, mm. Uh, what about you, Simo? What's... I'm going to be shame. I'm going to be shameless dick waddle. <laughs> oh my god! Hello, <laughs> <Okay. laughs> oh, no. I'm shameless dick waddle. Yeah, you wouldn't want to. You wouldn't want to make fun of Mr. Dick Waddle and he, he come at you with a bit of. Oh dear! Oh my goodness! I live next door to the Weasleys. Uh, that's killed me. Uh, what about you, C-Mac? What's, what's your uh, wizarding name? Mrs. Dickwaddle. Yeah. Shirley, <laughs> Shirley Dickwaddle. <laughs> Shirley oh, and Seamus. Shirley and Seamus Dickwaddle. Yeah, Shirley Dickwaddle, isn't it? Uh, oh, my goodness. Uh, well, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I, I honestly don't know. I hadn't even uh, given it any thought, but... Uh, First time yeah. we met, we went down to Diagon Alley, and I'm not talking about, you know, I'm talking about, you know. Okay. <laughs> Come on, JB. Yeah. What's your wizarding name going to be? Oh, well, I don't know. I'll, I'll take suggestions. What, mm. uh, what, what, 
Uh, uh, I don't know. I'll be. Uh, I, don't oh, know. I don't know. Uh, fingers bloody. <laughs> fingers <laughs> McGee. I, I, How about I don't know. Wayne Kerr. Uh, okay. Well, yeah. Wayne Kerr. Phil <laughs> oh, McCracken. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, all all great suggestions. <coughs> um, I tell you what. I'll I'll take it under advisement, and I'll come back to the. Uh, the, the listeners of the dissenting game and once I've decided on a sufficiently uh, wizard like like name yeah well we're taking suggestions if you're listening at home if you uh, can get in quick enough before what is it this Tuesday it's coming out with some suggestions for JB yes uh, and if you if you do uh, kindly post them on our uh, <laughs> like tag us on Twitter or, or put it on our Facebook page or something yeah uh, for, yeah, and uh, the the best suggestion will will get uh, taken on. I'll I'll screenshot it and show everyone. Try not to make it too obscene oh, yes. though, because I will be playing it around my kids. So uh, you know, it can't be you know uh, anal fisting yeah. Merlin or something. Um, Sixty nine, yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's keep it relatively PG, please. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, maybe, maybe your wizarding name should be JB Rolling. Oh yeah. yeah, well, do I really want to JK. bring that sort of uh, <laughs> that sort of controversy nah, to my doorstep? No, mm. no. Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, let's let's get off the uh, the Harry Potter train and let's get into our novelty segment for the week, uh, starting with. And this week we're asking the question, what's a game that you would recommend if someone who had never played video games before asked for a suggestion to get started? Now it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty broad question mm. and it's a difficult one to answer because obviously uh, you know um, you might have someone who's into car racing and in which case you're going to be picking from from presumably car racing games or uh, people that are movie buffs in which case you'd be drawing from from those epic movie sort of game titles but uh, we'll, we'll try and distill it down to something that's uh, a little bit bite size and this week we'll kick it off with Steely what do you got for a Steely oh I'm the still man yeah um look that, oh, hang on. I'm just going to pull down my shorts to talk about this. Uh, <laughs> not all the way down. <laughs> oh, my god! Not all the way down. Just right now. Washer, washer. Wow. Um, so, uh, look, if I if somebody came up to me and they were like, oh, I don't play video games. Like, what, what would I play if I was to get started? Or, you know, I'd be like, um, mate, you can't. Do you have a partner at home? And if they were like, yeah, I do. Um, I do have a partner at home. We, we're actually we're going to be better. And I'll say to them, I didn't I didn't ask for your life story. Just do you have a fucking partner at home, mate? <laughs> and then I say you should play It Takes Two. Well, because... all right. Because so if you think about this, for anyone who this. hasn't played it, talks through It Takes Two, Steely. What uh, so... what can people expect when they uh, insert It Takes Two into their uh, video gaming machine of choice? 
Oh, well, first, the, the best insertion of your life. Now, the reason why I say this. <laughs> oh, my goodness. If <laughs> Look, if this was somebody's foray into gaming, it was the first time that they were going to be getting into it. The reason why I think this would be a great option, well, number one, you can play it with somebody in your house. You can do do it together. Um like much like a, a lot of things you can do you can go walking together but why not play it takes two together um here's the second thing uh if you want to explain to somebody all the great things about video games think about all the genres that are covered in it takes two you have 3d platforming you've got you know third person shooter there's a bit of racing in there there's some other stuff in there too there's so much, not that I can draw on that right this second. Um, there's, you know, there's the area where it's, fl- yeah, flying. There's a bit where it's like Diablo. There's a bit where it's like, like, know, like a fighting. like a fighter, com- you know, like Mortal Kombat sort of yeah. thing when you're fighting that fucking squirrel thing on the hang glider. Exactly. And, you know, there's, there's such an eclectic variety in that game that I feel like if you were to say to someone, this is why you should be gaming... They could they could then find the genre they want in It Takes Two and go, oh, well, I really liked that part of It Takes Two. And you can go, well, you should play this. Or, you know, like, oh, I really liked all the bits where it was like an adventure and I was sliding around on grind rails. Well, you know what? You should play Crash Bandicoot 4 and you should play Sonic Frontiers. And then you could be like, you know, so these are the games that you should play because of these moments that you like in It Takes Two. And I think that that's why it's such a good starting place. You know, there's so much that you can uh, uncover in that game. And plus, it's fairly lighthearted and and fun. I mean, there's bits of, I mean, the story, even though I'd argue that it wasn't my all-time favorite story, but there are, it still makes you feel good things. And I think it's a great sort of entire package it would be a good way to get people into video games you know what's funny is my brother's wife he she doesn't play video games and she really enjoyed this game playing this game with my brother she found it tricky a bit difficult at times not being a non-gamer but um really Mm. enjoyed it so yeah there you go it takes bloody to proof in the pudding proof is in the pudding what a game what yeah. a pudding. Uh, what and a pudding. Uh, <laughs> refresh my memory, It Takes Two was developed by Hazelight. Was that correct? That's right. Yep. That's right. Yep. Fantastic Hazel. little indie studio. Hazel. Is it Hazel? Yes. Yeah. Fantastic mm-hmm. indie studio. Uh, and I've heard heard interviews with the, uh, the main, uh, I guess, director of the game, whose name I don't have with me right now, but... Just hearing him talk about the studio and about all the effort and everything that they poured into It Takes Two, like they just really love and care about the games that they're putting out and want to consistently push the barriers to just try and give gamers the best experience possible by by just adding mm. and adding and adding content and polishing it up. And It Takes Two is a an amazing feat of, of gaming. Like, um, yeah, I mean, what, what can you say? It, it gets rave reviews from everyone who's played it um but the one drawback in some ways is that you do have to have a second player you cannot play it through a single player mode um so you've either got the option to do a couch co-op or uh, i think you can even bring someone on online like do an online matchup with yeah. someone 
Um, yep. So you've got that option too, but uh, yeah. Great game. It takes bloody two. Nice. What a way to get into it. Mm. Well, thanks for that, uh, Simo. It, uh, I 100% oh, agree you, with you. It's a bloody cracker of a game. Um, mm. All right. Uh, C-Mac, what have, what do you got for us? What do you got for us? What's, what's your suggestion? Yes. Well, now I kind of want to do what it takes too, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> now I think that's so, so brilliant. Yeah, it's also, also thinking from Hazelite Studios, A Way Out as well. That was oh, another yeah. game that my brother got his wife to play, and that's yeah. a bit grim. Fantastic. That, that's not my game I was going to talk about, but it just it made me think of it. Fantastic. A Way yeah, Out, made by the same studio with mm-hmm. a couch co-op mm. game as well about two people trying to escape prison. Mm. Amazing. That was incredible too, and it wasn't too tricky either. It was just more of like puzzle solving and, yeah. Yeah. So um, that's a good one. But what I was going to talk about was um, Spyro and Crash Bandicoot for mine. I really, mm. I think these are two of the games that I played constantly growing up. So as a kid, I played them and I loved them and I still play them as an adult and find them challenging and fun and endearing. And I think it's a really fun way to get someone into video gaming because it's lighthearted. It, it, there's no confusing inventory or anything like that. Cause I can, mm. like, I found all the inventory stuff or like changing costumes or changing bits and pieces of armor to give you better stats and blah, blah, blah. That, that overwhelms me a lot to this day mm. when I, when I just want to play a game. Whereas, you know, mm. you got Crash Bandicoot, you got your Spyro. It's so simple. It's just like go square to, to ram with, um, Spyro or like square to spin with Crash Bandicoot and you just collect gems or you just collect apples and, you know, you, you die, you just come back again. Like it's just so simple. It's easy. It's a fun platformer. And, yeah, I I would recommend that because, yeah, growing up, that was some of my most favourite memories was playing those games. Fun story, just everything you want in a game to start off with, I think. And, yeah, mm. what do you reckon? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, agreed. I mean, I find Crash Bandicoot, the, the layout, how you're sort of walking forward sort of through the level quite difficult. Like, I, I don't know, it just it's not like a side-scrolling platformer. It's like a front-scrolling platformer, if that makes sense. But um, that that can be quite difficult to judge, like jumping over pits and stuff like that. Like, it, that I've always found a bit... A bit of a bloody... It's tricky. Yeah, it's mm. a tricky thing. I haven't actually played Spyro, so I couldn't comment on that, but, um, yeah. Shit, the bed. Because that's, that's not really like Crash Bandicoot. Spyro's open, more, yeah. not open yeah, world, no, but like, like open level. Spyro is a little bit more, I guess, um, sort of like adventure-based and not yeah. as much of a platformer. It's like no. it's an adventure platformer, but the, the platforming elements are a little bit more subtle. I think you're right, JB. It, I'd it pick is a... Spyro over Crash Bandicoot as a first person, like first. first person, first game for a non-player mm. because, mm. yeah, it, you have more freedom as opposed to Crash Bandicoot, which is very challenging at what times. So yeah. Spyro is not that, you know, it, there's challenging areas to it, but it's it's so sort of open. You can explore so many different little worlds. It's just, and it's beautiful too, and it's got a lovely soundtrack and it's just a really lovely, calming game. Sometimes, <laughs> what I but I what I like about this suggestion though is that these games I think for people as well. I mean, especially if you played the remasters of them, there is Definitely, a, yeah. a certain sense of vibrancy that comes along with them that makes them incredibly endearing. If if you're like a a, a fan of 
Disney or even Illumination Studios kind of films, like any sort of CGI animated movie, these are a great way to kind of, for people that like that sort of stuff, to get into well, something interactive. Dark, no, yeah. And I, I think that there's a good amount of humour in there, but it's not like comedy in games, which makes me buff sometimes. Um, but, you know, I think that um, as well with something like Crash Bandicoot, you're right, JB, I, I agree with you with that. It's a little bit hard to get used to um, platforming in 3D when it kind of feels like the world is narrowed in to be 2D. Like, do you know what I mean? It almost mm. feels like mm. it's 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 as if you're playing a 2D platformer on a 3D plane, but and then when it does change into 2D, then it gives you a bit of a break between that. And I think that that's... That's where it kind of gets it right. And when you do get used to it, it's um, incredibly satisfying. And, it, I mean, it is challenging. Don't get me wrong. Crash Bandicoot's an incredibly challenging game. If you That's want you to do really, fun. really good. <laughs> yeah. If you want to play that game and, and and collect a lot of the stuff that's in there and do really well in it, it is super tra- challenging. But, um, I, I yeah, I like that suggestion, though. My Thank wife. you. Mm. Yeah. Well, fantastic. Yeah, well, thanks, uh, C-Mac. Um, what about you, Fergus Fergamon Hamilton? What have you What have you got for us? Well, just to back up what you said at the at the top, you know, if someone came to me and asked what games we should suggest, I'd obviously give them a, a four page, you know, form to fill out just to really hone in the specifics of what they're into. But of course, given yeah. given you've got no idea what their likes are and their interests are, I just tried to pick something which I think is just a really good all round game, which sort of you know, like you said, with um, it takes two, a lot of number of different genres and stuff like that. And mm. the suggestion I've come up with is Stardew Valley, which oh, okay. is a fantastic game. Um, if you don't know what Stardew Valley is, you're probably under a rock, or maybe you're just not into gaming yet. So Stardew Valley, it's it's a life sim slash RPG sort of game um, cent- centered around you, the character who inherits your deceased grandfather's rundown farm. In Stardew, in this fictional place called Stardew Valley, um, <clears throat> and what I really like about this game is someone's first gaming experiences. Yeah, it's a great combination of a number of different genres. So you've obviously got the life sim side of things. You've obviously got the farming and the simulation and the, and the management, but you've also got some really cool RPG elements. Um, you know, it's got an amazing art style, amazing soundtrack. It's got some really good gaming mechanics. And it's really just a game that has an endless list of, of things to do. It doesn't really point you or it doesn't force you to do any one specific thing. So you've got, you know, an unlimited sort of access to doing any number of things. So, you know, obviously you could focus on tending on the farm. There's exploration, um, interacting with the townspeople. There's, you know, collecting items and there's missions you can do. Um, it's got some combat elements to it, but it's not an overwhelming sort of um, combat sort of thing you thrust it into so it's quite you know easy going and it wouldn't be too stressful but it does have some combat elements to it um <clears throat> similar to what steely with his suggestion is it's got multiplayer as well so you can play by yourself but probably the best thing about stardew valley is playing with others so you've got uh, opportunity to either run it alone or play it with your friends and and probably the best thing is that it's available on pretty much every platform so it's super accessible to anyone that wants to play whether it's on console on pc on mobile on mobile um so anyone can sort of get access to this game and and the the cost of entry is for what you're getting is it's super 
super low. Like on Steam, I think it's only like it's less than twenty bucks, not on sale. So, mm. you know, from that point of view, you don't have to spend too much money to give it a crack either. So, yeah, on the PlayStation Store right now, uh, it is twenty dollars ninety five Australian. Um, mm. so yeah, might uh, might chuck it on the old wish list and maybe uh, give it a go. Consider picking it up when it goes on sale. Oh, um, you haven't played this one, JB? I, I haven't, but it it probably sits within the wheelhouse of games I'd, I'd enjoy. Um, mm. yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Twenty bucks, mate. Give it a go. Yeah, twenty bucks is still a little bit of still a little bit of coin uh, for a game that I may or may I'm not uh, necessarily enjoy, but. Uh, yeah, I'll certainly take it under advisement anyway. Um, sure. And uh, Steely and C-Mac, did you you guys played um, Stardew Valley? I have it on Switch. I mm. think mm. is that what I have it on? Yeah. Yeah, I only I've only played a very 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 limited, tiny, minuscule amount of it. Mm. Mm. Well, there you go. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know whether we've actually lost uh, <laughs> Casey there because uh, she sort of faded into the background there and uh, sounded She's a gone. Bit... Yeah, could be, could yeah, be. Well. Uh, have we actually lost you, uh, Steely and C-Mac? Yeah, that would be a, a big 10-4 <laughs> on that one, a big 10-4. Um, uh. But all right, well, just moving on uh, from that <clears throat> while while we try and get them back online. Um, I I thought about this this question a lot, and um, I went and asked my my daughter Georgia, who's who's nine years old, and I said, uh, so what what game Georgia would would you sort of recommend? Like I said, you haven't been playing video games for very long, so what what would you sort of recommend for someone to first start out? And her response was uh, Goat Simulator Three. <laughs> uh, so. Georgia, I love you, but uh, I, I I just don't I don't think uh, Goat Simulator Three would be the uh, yeah I I I have to agree to disagree on that one. Um, now the other thing I was thinking of, like oh you know if they're a car person, I'd recommend like Need for Speed Underground or Forza Horizon or something. You know, if they love big epic movies, I'd recommend Uncharted or Horizon Zero Dawn or something like that. But the more I sort of thought about it, the more I thought, well, there's quite a few people now uh, sort of in my extended family um, who have all gotten into gaming recently, like in the last sort of two years. And the, the gateway drug for them, if you like, was Astro's Playroom on the PlayStation mm. Five? Now, um, it might seem like a like a strange choice, but uh, but but just bear with me, hear me out. Um, Astro's Playroom, like, uh, is is a it's pretty. I guess uh, it's got a pretty low barrier for entry for for people to to start playing, like right from the get go. The tutorial sort of takes you by the hand and leads you into the experience. You get told, you know, what what buttons to push, how to grab the wires that you drag out of the ground. Um, you get basically led through step by step. Um, it's amazing. There's a lot of like collectibles and things that you can grab along the way. Um, 
and it's amazing. Like my daughter Georgia, my nephew Moss, um, my my other son, my son Jackson, um, all of them playing Astros Playroom has been like it, they've picked it up so quickly from not playing video games at all to all of a sudden playing that game and actually playing it like reasonably well. Mm. Um, so I guess the one caveat would be that you have to have a PlayStation 5 to play Astro's Playroom, but uh, Astro's Playroom, I have to say, for a game that's free, it's included with PlayStation 5. Um, it's very simple for young children to pick up, so you'd have to think um, similarly. It'd be simple for, for adults who've never played video games to pick up, and it's just a really fun Time. like it's it's a cracking little game experience and you get it for free with the console so you don't even have to go and spend money on it so um mm. i don't know what do, what do you reckon steely now that we got you back astro's playroom yeah that... welcome oh, yeah we're back we're back at it again <laughs> sorry <laughs> and, and, and internet completely oh okay no you, you're back all right fucking vomited everywhere yeah, fantastic. Anyway, um, so anyway, um, uh, Astro's Playroom. Look, this is uh, a very underutilized uh, IP that PlayStation has. It is just, I'm with you. Astro's Playroom was so fun, and if they were to make like a grand, gigantic adventure out of Astro, I would be right there. Just so, so good. Um, I don't know why the first time we saw Astro was in VR on the PS4, but um, or PS, PSVR via the PS4, but I'd really love for this to be a continuing, you know, adventure series. It's just so, so good. And what, and you're right, it's just because of the, the different, um, wonderful ways that it introduces platforming and stuff like that i think it is a great place to start and um it is a lot of fun so so good yeah i've never i've never actually given it a go but it's sort of born out of the the idea is it's sort of showing off the capabilities for the ps5 as far as the haptic controller and a few things like that is that it's a bit of a showroom for some of those features yeah it is but it's it's also the game is sort of structured like a bit of a love letter to sony playstation mm. so at the beginning, it's like uh, the PlayStation 5 appears and it's almost like you're diving inside it. And so everything that you come across within there is themed around mm. what what exists inside a PlayStation 5. So you've got like computer chips and things that you can pull out the ground. But then like one of the levels is based around the, the graphics card, one's around the solid state drives, one's around the, the cooling system. Mm. You know, so it's it's all it's all sort of set up in such a way that it's meant to be like, oh, you're inside the PlayStation and this is the, the magical world mm. that lies within sort of thing. Um, but it also, as you sort of play through, you collect artifacts like things that are like uh, like PlayStation controllers and accessories and things from years gone by and they all sort of appear in this one room and you can sort of walk around them and jump on them and punch them and... Yeah, all that sort of stuff. And so it really does let you go back through time a bit and have a look at all those those old school PlayStation accessories that used to exist back mm. in the day. 
Yeah, nice. Um, so it's it's cool just revisiting those those things as well, um, especially if you've been a fan of PlayStation for a number of years and you know want to take a little walk down memory lane there. So that's that's good fun. Um, and also the yeah, without wanting to uh, spoil the game for for anyone, the final boss that you get up to in um, in Astro's Playroom is based on a demo disc that was originally created to, I guess, spruik Sony's hardware to people. It was like, well, this is what we can do with the new Sony PlayStation 1, you know, mm. and uh, and it was sort of uh, an animated dinosaur that was sort of biting the, the level and, you know, doing all that sort of stuff. And it was the first time we'd really seen, you know, 3D graphics done in that sort of way. I mean... Nintendo were kind of doing that sort of thing, but it was the Nintendo 64 and the look of the graphics there were very, very different to the look of the graphics on the PlayStation. And where Nintendo mm. went really heavy into like anti-aliasing and sort of blurring out the edges of your pixels and all that sort of thing, Sony didn't really bother with that sort of thing, but they were producing stuff that was a lot more, uh, I guess, closer to like photorealistic, um, you know, in my opinion, like mm. it, it were very pixelated. <laughs> for the time. Yeah, for the time, yeah. it was certainly a lot like you were playing like games like Need for Speed, for example, and the, the cars were looking very similar or like very much like the proper cars that they were based yeah. on, whereas Nintendo were bringing out games like Wave Race and Mario 64 and, you know, great games in their own right. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hang on, hang on. But Wave Race has like <laughs> probably the world's best fucking water mm. physics in the in the whole like in all of the world. I've never played a game as water physics like Wave Race. So let's just everybody <laughs> hold your horses. All right. Fucking I'm not, come on now. I'm not tipping a bucket on Wave Race. I enjoyed it just like you did. Oh. But I'm just saying that what Nintendo were putting out at that time were yeah. very different games to what Sony were putting out. And, I mean, oh, at the time, you know, it was sort of tempting to want to fall within one camp and say, oh, I'm a Nintendo person or I'm a Sony person. But uh, in reality, I I quite enjoyed games on both both mm. systems um, for different reasons. Mm. Like, yeah. you know, Nintendo it's- was amazing. Like, Ocarina of Time, still one of the, the classic games of all time. Uh N64's Goldeneye. I mean, at mm. the time, that was just that was just phenomenal. That was mm. unlike anything we'd had prior to that. And you know, I certainly spent many hours, uh, you know, playing that with with friends and four player multiplayer, all that sort of thing. And a ten inch TV. Oh yeah, yeah. But <laughs> but then you know, going going and playing games on the PlayStation, like you know, Twisted Metal and um, Metal Gear Solid, and some of those sorts of games, incredible. So yeah. you know. Still, still very different experiences, but but well, both still rings true today. Yeah, both fun. So uh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Astro's Playroom, get it up, yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, the ball's hardened. And uh, on that mm. note, that's about all the time we've got for this week on the Discerning Gamer Podcast. So I'd like to thank. Uh, the DG crew, starting with Fergus Fergamon Hamilton. Thank you, Fergus. Thanks, JB. Always a pleasure, mate. No worries. And also with us, uh, thank you, Steely, Simon Steely McLaughlin. 
Uh, thank you, JB. Thanks for also switching my name up a little bit. I really love that. I'll keep it fresh. <laughs> Improvise. Um, <laughs> just improvising, just keep it fresh. You're... Fresh like a vac-sealed steak. <laughs> and last but certainly not least, Casey <laughs> C. Mac, Pisty Pete McLaughlin. Thank you, Casey. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'm still here. I'm still awake. I'm here. Just. <laughs> Just. And, uh, and you, listeners. Thank you for, for listening. And uh, uh, if you want to drop us a line, you can reach out to us on all the socials, um, preferably Twitter or Facebook, um, or send us an email if you're really so inclined. And we'll bloody see you next week. If you really want to drop us a line, you could drop me some fishing line. I'll go catch you some. I'll go catch you a Murray cod. I'll take it over to your house. Bye. I'll baste it, <laughs> garlic it, roast it, barbecue it. It's all yours. See ya. I won't really do that. Catch you. <laughs>